The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. I know it's been a lot going on outside with all the shootings and the president making speeches about gun control. And here we go, running into the holiday season, one of the biggest gun sales periods of the year without fail. Every Black Friday for the last few years, we have broken records over and over again with gun sales. But now you're going to get a whole new crop of people out there who want to buy guns. People who never thought about it before decided, you know, maybe I want one now that I'm not supposed to have one or now that the president wants to ban them. Now I really want one. <laughs> uh, uh, Roger, I I have to ask, uh, are we going to ban knives after the uh, Idaho situation? I don't know if I've kept up with that. Why don't you fill us in on the Idaho yeah. situation? Obviously a stabbing of some sort. Well, there's five girls and, and one guy that were killed by and they still haven't caught him and uh there was blood coming down from the third floor going all the way out to the street of these five kids they were all college students that had this home rented and uh they have no idea other than it was all they were all killed with a knife no motive huh no motive hmm well they say it was a targeted Killing, but so maybe drug dealing, maybe rival fraternities. <laughs> well, the only thing that they they will say is that there is a fraternity house within walking distance, but uh, they it's, have no idea. That seems a little uh, extreme for a fraternity prank. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know they have no idea of the killer. Yeah, that's our a, killers. Well, you know, America is. I hate to say it, but we are a more violent society than most of the rest of the world. You know, there's a few parts of South America that are that way, but most of Europe, who likes to criticize us the most, even though we haven't really thought much of, about what they think since 1776, so that doesn't matter as much. <laughs> you know, give us your guns, forget you. <laughs> but uh, that's why we celebrate July 4th. Because we told them the same thing back then. But, yeah, America tends to be a little more violent, whether it's guns, knives, hammers. I mean, more people are killed with hammers than with guns. And, uh, I mean, more people are – I have to check this out. I, I know this was true a while back. More people were killed by lightning strikes than by rifles, purposely killed by rifles. Now, there are accidents, hunting accidents with rifles, things like that, but purposely killed with rifles, more people are struck by lightning and killed than – are killed by rifles. How odd is that? That's just, I mean, the statistics are just not there. So it's, it's crazy to think that these people want to ban rifles because, oh, they're so dangerous. But yet the last statistic I saw was about 430 people in a year killed by rifles. Now, if you divide that by the population, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. You probably have a better chance of getting bitten by a shark while you're getting struck by lightning than getting killed by a rifle. But, of course, because of the way they look and the way the media portrays them as weapons of war, which they are not, don't, that's not a term I would use, they're they're fancy-looking rifles. Yes, some of them have cool features on them, which regular rifles don't have. 
But like I've said a hundred times before, putting a pistol grip on a rifle does not make it any more dangerous, any more deadly, any more... And there's no more need for control on that than putting racing stripes on your Hyundai and calling it a race car. It just doesn't change. It's just a, an appearance factor. And they're making this appearance factor something that they're judging which rifles should be illegal and which rifles should not be illegal. It's crazy. Well, you know, Roger, what, sitting here for years and years and years, and I guess I must be glued to the seat or something, but <laughs> you find out that... You know, you get opinion, not facts. You get people saying things that they don't know what they're talking about oh, at all. And many this times, is, yeah. This is true with our medical shows where our doctors knew. They've studied for years, 30 years, longer, you know. They knew that the masks were a joke. They came out and said it, and, <laughs> and uh, they knew what would work, and they said it. And what happened to them? They got banned. They got censored. They got censored. And uh, they were threatened to have their license taken away. And everything they had said in March of 2020, March of 2021, everything that our doctors have said on America's Web Radio has been proven to be true. Nice. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't go along with the agenda. Right now, the news media and politicians are in cahoots, if you will, to try and get their opinions to gain control over people. This is how it happens in every society that goes from free to less free. The government is usually always involved in taking those freedoms away. And even worse is Biden's thing that he signed the other day of trying to go to a currency-free society. And uh, after... uh, the demise of the second largest, I guess. Uh, how, how could Biden even come up with it? He didn't we, come up with it. His handlers did. Well, his handlers. And <laughs> there, there is, you know, I started to say this and didn't get a chance on uh, Victor's show. You know, I learned, particularly during the Kennedy administration, it's not necessarily what you know or anything else. It's who you surround yourself with and by. Right. And uh, I have never seen in my 70, well, uh, let's be fair, in my 50 years of being cognizant of politics <laughs> in some way or the other, right? an administration with so many morons in it uh, telling a president <laughs> that doesn't have a clue what to do. Oh, I know. It's it's, And the thing is, any of you out there who are complaining about gas prices, food prices, inflation, housing prices, if you're complaining about that and you voted Democrat, take a look in the mirror. You voted for this. Now suck it up. If you didn't vote for this, then you need to find other people to vote with you to make sure this doesn't happen again. You know, people forget when things get really good, they think, oh, they can vote for anybody. It doesn't make a difference. But And I know Trump said things that hurt people's feelings. He uh, said things that may or may not have been true at certain times. But look at what he did. You know, actions speak louder than words. And if people would remember that, they wouldn't be offended by every little thing that gets said. Yes, he said things he shouldn't have. But Biden, it's hard to tell if you're offended or not because you can't tell what he's saying. He kind of mumbles and grumbles up there and makes up stuff, talks about some guy named Corn Pop wants kids petting his legs when they're in the pool. I mean, some of the things he has said has been completely perverse and ridiculously 
incomprehensible, and yet people still voted for him. After a summer of hiding out in his basement all summer long to avoid COVID, while President Trump was drawing in a 100,000 or more every time he's set to speak anywhere, and people still voted for Biden. It's just, it boggles my mind that people are so stupid. I'm sorry, I'm going to call them out now. They're so stupid. Why would you, when everything in the country is running well, your economy's good, foreign relations is the best they've ever been, no new wars started in over four years. You know why? Because businessmen don't start wars. They build economies. They build up businesses. They lower unemployment. They drop inflation because they know what's good for the country economically, and that usually goes across the country. It, once it starts to spread, it goes everywhere, and every Part, part of your life will be better if the economy is better. And people will argue with me and say, oh, no, there's more to it than that. Well, yeah, but that's a really good start because when the economy is good, people can make money to buy things they want, save for college, build houses, fix houses, make their lives better. More money in your life would make it better. I can't believe anybody out there would argue with me about that. That's a statement. More money makes your life better. Why? Because more money means you can buy more guns, and that makes you happy. <laughs> and people that have money that are in the gun business can advertise on Locked and Loaded on yes, America's they can. Web Radio. Yes, they can. All they have to do is um, contact GM, GM at America's Web Radio, and we'll fix you right up. And this is a very, very popular show that, uh, you know, I want to explain something to people. You may be listening to it live right now, but a lot of people listen to our podcast. This is where our audience is, and we replay every show. We'll replay this show probably four or five times within the next week. So if you buy one ad, you're buying five or six ads for the price of one. And, uh, you know, you've got a good deal, and... We need your help, and we'd like to have you as a part of the family as an advertiser. Okay, that's GM at AmericasWebRadio.com. I imagine GM is general manager, so in case you forget the letters, just think about that. GM at AmericasRadio.com, and you can advertise on Locked and Loaded or On Point with Victor or any of the wonderful shows they have on America's Web Radio. <clears throat> and, of course, if you advertise, if you're if you're in the gun business, you'll sell more guns. And what's better than selling guns other than buying more guns? So we're in the season, though, for that now, like I talked about a little earlier. And it's crazy because right now, you know, after they had the big, there was a big shooting in Colorado, which I don't have details on yet, but I did glance a few articles on that. But apparently people were killed and five people were killed, 19 injured in a um, predominantly gay nightclub in Colorado somewhere. And now, of course, whenever there's a mass shooting, what do they do? They blame the gun. Unless, of course, a policeman should have to shoot somebody, then they blame the policeman. So it just depends on who's doing the shooting. If it's a psychopathic killer, they blame the gun. If it's an honest law enforcing servant of the public, they blame the person. So, you know, you can't believe the politicians. You can't believe the media. They're going to lie through their teeth to get their agenda across. And it's crazy because they're forcing people, they're trying to force people to not use cash anymore, to get at, to make a cashless society. What's that going to do with computers these days that can track every single purchase you make? Every time you buy a Frosty at Wendy's, every time you buy a tarp and some duct tape and a shovel at Walmart, they're going to know exactly what you bought. So keep that in mind. And, you know, imagine this. Imagine trying to run a garage or yard sale, not being able to accept cash from anybody. 
not being able to carry cash to purchase something at a garage sale. You know, you wonder, and there'll probably be a Senate or House of Representative hearing on this. How many little kids, lemonade stands and Kool-Aid stands are they going to put out of business? Yeah, what are you going to have to Venmo your kid his allowance? I mean, you know, that's it's ridiculous trying to get rid of cash. But it's going to give them control. This is, again, like gun control. It's not about the guns. It's about the control. So Amen. Keep that in mind. This is not about eliminating cash because they want to save money on anything. This is about them tracking everything that gets spent, everything that gets bought by you, by tracking your credit cards, tracking your Venmo, your Zelle, your PayPal, whatever form of electronic payment you you use, they want to track that. They want to know what you buy. And the worst thing about it is, is that the Biden administration is trying to penalize any banks that deal with gun sellers. They're trying to keep these credit card companies from dealing with gun companies. Trying, or they're trying to track that also. That they're trying to actively track if you buy a gun with a credit card. So far, the only credit card I know of that does not get tracked for gun purchases is Discover Card. So if it comes to buying guns or ammo or gun accessories, I would highly recommend getting a Discover Card and using it over any other of the credit card companies because they're going to report all your gun purchases, ammo purchases to the government. So if you want to do, if you want to have all your stuff reported, go ahead, use a different credit card. Right now you can still use cash to make these purchases in a lot of places if you go live to the store or you go to a gun show. But if you do it online, I recommend get a card that's not tracked. At least the last time I checked, Discover Card was the only one that is not tracked for gun purchases. And it's just, it's, they're making a list. They're violating the law, but they don't care. And not enough people care to make a difference. And that's how it starts, a little at a time. They're going to take an inch at a time until they get that mile or two miles or ten miles, and our rights are gone. It's like boiling the frog. You put a frog in hot water, he jumps out. You put him in cool water and bring it up to temperature slowly, he will boil to death because he won't move. So don't let that happen to the United States. Don't let them boil our frogs. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but you know, now that you can explain to somebody what's happening, it's happening slowly. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Georgia, this is Mark the Shark from Bite of Reality. Hey, just wanted to give you a quick shout out and let you know, vote Herschel Walker in the upcoming elections. You need to get Herschel. He is for family values, education, small business, and pro-Israel. 
pro-American energy. Herschel Walker is the person you got to have. With Herschel Walker, you'll get common sense, not nonsense. Government by the people starts with Herschel. December 6th, vote Herschel Walker. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. and this is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Now, right before we left for the break, I was talking, we were talking about shootings, mass shootings, and, uh, the fact that they always blame the guns for this. You know, it's the guns fault. The guns make us more violent. And, you know, it gives people who don't have another way to be violent opportunity that they may not have. But if you look at all the shooting deaths in the United States and remove every single one of them, that was performed with a gun or a, you know, a firearm, we would still have a greater homicide rate than any country in Europe. So that says right there, it doesn't, the guns aren't what's making us violent. I mean, I think it's opportunity. People here are raised on different values. Family values are getting diminished. People don't, don't think as much about taking a human life. They're, they're treating human life as if it's cheap and there's culturally, there's people who admire that type of behavior in our culture. They want to be a gangster. They want to be a thug. That's, you know, the thug life. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a gangster. I can shoot people, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's, you know, that's what causes our violence. It doesn't have to do with the guns necessarily because if the fact that we have a higher rate of homicide than any other European country, if you eliminate every single gun death from the statistics, should tell you right there, it's not about the guns. It's about the people that are here. It's about the law enforcement. It's about opportunity. It's about the cultural raising of people to be thugs and gangsters and killers playing video games that promote violence. I mean, is that a factor? Only if it's used as a babysitter. If you don't have any interaction with your kids and you let the TV and you let video games babysit them all the time, yeah, they don't have anything to contrast that. They don't have anybody to to tell them to the contrary what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, what's right and wrong. Their moral compass gets screwed up because they're relying on people who I don't believe have any morals, even if they watch the news. When they tell you, oh, it's okay to be a man, but call yourself a woman. That's okay if you want to. It's, you know, things like that. It's just, it's if you don't have parents there to guide these children and to understand, you know, how the world really is, it's going to make a huge difference. But don't let them, I guess, let, don't, don't let them become insensitive to violence. That's what gives people the idea is that they can just kill a bunch of people and not have any aftermath, not have any consequences for it. Or the consequences, even if you have them, they make you cool because you did it. Yeah, there's nothing cool about killing somebody in cold blood for no reason. So, that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, you can certainly write me an email. Roger at americaswebradio.com and tell me why I'm wrong to think that people should not be as violent as they are. I don't think anybody's going to send anything on that, but we will see. But yeah, I mean, the fact that all this crime happens without guns and Europe isn't a safer place in general, even without guns, without any kind of tools, Americans commit more violent acts than any other European country, even if you remove the guns from the equation. So don't let them tell you that guns are the problem, because they're not. In fact, there are cases every single week of a good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun. That's the only way to do that. You know, 
If you're alone at night, 2 a.m. in the morning, you hear somebody rustling at your front door trying to break into your door, what are you going to do? You're going to call somebody with a gun and pray they get there in time. Whether you believe in God or gun control, that's what you're going to do. So that's something to consider. Could you have protected yourself better? Could you be your own first responder? Now, not everybody needs to have a gun, obviously. If you don't feel comfortable with it, if you don't take the time to get the training you need, it's not for you. I'm not saying everybody should have one, but if you have an inclination and you think you have the discipline it takes to learn the skill and take the classes necessary, buy the weapon, get the training, do what you need to do to become proficient in this particular area of self-defense, by all means, do it. Now, however, though, I have a feeling things are going to get a little more expensive. After the shooting in Colorado, they're talking gun control again. And they're going after rifles, semi-automatic pistols, magazine capacities, everything that shouldn't make any difference to anybody who owns a gun, who knows better. Like I say, I'm sure the Congress, the Senate, the President, they're not going to change anything in the way that they're protected. They're going to keep high-capacity magazines in the hands of the people protecting them. They're going to keep rifles and fully automatic weapons in the service of protecting them. But they don't believe you should have that same right because you are a peon. You are a pawn. You are a peasant. You don't matter to the people in government because they are the elite. They are the royalty of America, and they deserve better than you. At least that's what they think. I personally believe the Second Amendment says it as clearly as possible. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's clear as day. It's concise. It's to the point. There's no arguing what it means. Because should politicians be protected better than regular people can protect their families? Should their families be entitled to better protection than your family? Absolutely not. They're supposed to be public servants. They're not kings. They're not queens. They're not any type of royalty whatsoever, although they seem to think they are. When they expound on, you know, oh, I'm a U.S. senator, oh, I'm a U.S. congressman, they have this air about them that lets lets you know they think they're better than you because they were elected. And, you know, it would be great if they truly were better and wanted to do better by us, but I don't think they do. That's why they want to take our guns away. They want to track all our financial records. Now, I don't know how fast this is going to happen if they try and make everything cash-free. A lot of restaurants now are going to that model. A lot of places you go, they won't take cash anymore. Been into a couple of those. And I walked right out because I wasn't about to give credit card information to some, you know, 18-year-old sitting behind the counter just waiting for me to use my credit card at his cash register. You know, and then, of course, identity theft will skyrocket. But, of course, there's no repercussions for anybody committing identity theft. Usually the police won't even do anything, anything more than file a report, then you have to go to your bank and get that all fixed. So, you know, cashless is not the way to go as of now. We don't have enough security in place to handle it. And also, the fact that they're limiting these cashless options as far as dealing with guns and ammo. They're reporting things. They're 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 harassing businesses that sell guns and ammo. And they're trying to make them not be able to deal with credit card companies, with banks who have credit cards. There's some credit card companies are limiting your ability to use your credit card to purchase things that they don't believe you should have. 
How crazy is that? All of a sudden, your cash is gone, and they're going to tell you what you can and can't spend on your credit card. You want to buy guns? You want to buy ammo? Oh, no, our bank doesn't believe in that, so you can't use our credit card to pay for that. Yeah, look out, because that's, that's going to be next. There's going to be somebody who does that. That's going to happen. That's coming. Now, I don't know how long it'll last or if they can get away with it or not, but it's coming. So be really careful who you deal with as far as if you have credit cards and you're using it to purchase guns and ammo. But if you're getting ready to go shopping now, keep in mind that the prices may be a little higher, a little escalated because of the fact they're talking about banning things again. So if you're interested in a military-style semi-automatic rifle, now it's going to be an expensive, more expensive time to buy it. Although, from what I've read, inventories are high. So with a high supply, we should be able to hold the prices down. Companies have been building all year for this because they know Black Friday, one of the biggest gun sale days of the year. In fact, I remember one day a few years ago, they said more guns were sold on Black Friday alone to arm every single active duty U.S. Marine Corps soldier. So, you know, that's it was like 186,000 in one day in the United States. So, yeah, guns aren't going away anytime soon. So get out there, do your patriotic duty. If you need another gun or you need a gun. By all means, do that. A lot of people, I've had a lot of questions come lately, all these people. When something like this happens, I always get the people coming and asking me, so what kind of gun should I buy? How should I do this? What's How hard is it to get a gun? And we'll go over that real quick because I want people to feel comfortable with the process. Ideally, take somebody with you who has one or has several of them and knows the process and can help guide you a little bit. Now, if someone's trying to put you in the kind of gun that they want, that's probably not the person you need to go with. You need to go with somebody who has an open mind and is willing to let you decide what you want, and they will give you advice based on their experience, not based on their preferences. I know that's kind of hard to distinguish the difference, but go with somebody who's going to let you try stuff, hold stuff, and then look for things like how does it fit your hand? How does your grip look on that particular weapon? Where are your fingers in relation to the controls on that gun? You know, if you have tiny hands, you're not going to want a giant handgun. If you have big hands, you can handle almost anything, but a small one will be more difficult. All right, we'll come back right after this. I'm going to get into more steps of buying your first gun on America's Web Radio right here on Locked and Loaded. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4473 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. 
Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Georgia, this is Mark the Shark from Bite of Reality. Hey, just wanted to give you a quick shout out and let you know. Vote Herschel Walker in the upcoming elections. You need to get Herschel. He's for family values, education, small business, and pro-Israel. Pro-American energy. Herschel Walker is the person you got to have. With Herschel Walker, you'll get common sense, not nonsense. Government by the people starts with Herschel. December 6th, vote Herschel Walker. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, boys and girls. We are back. I am Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and this is Locked and Loaded. Right before we left for the break, I was talking about purchasing your first handgun or first rifle or first shotgun or first firearm of any type. And it can be daunting because if you don't have any experience with them, it's scary because you don't have the knowledge. You're ignorant. And that's okay. Ignorance can be fixed. You can, you can, you can fix ignorance with knowledge. That's all that ignorant means is that you don't know. Now, if you're stupid, you can't fix that. That you can't fix. As, uh, the late great Herman Cain used to say, you can't fix stupid. But you can fix ignorance, and if you're willing to learn and you want to know, there are plenty of people who can answer questions. There are great websites to go to. The NRA offers training classes. Any, Almost every range in the country will offer basic classes to get started if you don't know anybody who is already an enthusiast. If you know somebody who's an enthusiast and you think you can trust them or you value their opinion, by all means, get somebody to help you. They'll go with you to the gun shop. They'll take you to the range. They'll teach you safety first. That, of course, is the most important thing when dealing with anything that can be dangerous, whether it's power tools, whether it's guns, whether it's driving cars. Safety first. You don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to hurt yourself. So that would be something you'd want to learn. But, you know, you have to go into a store. You have to get your hands on things. And it's good to have somebody experienced there to help you, show you how you're going to be holding it when you're using it, not just grabbing it, picking it up, and do what you saw on a TV show, and hopefully that's the right thing. No, you want to have somebody tell you, this is how you're going to be holding it. How does this feel? Does this feel like it's comfortable? Does this feel like you're going to be able to use this? And it may feel awkward at first because you haven't done it before. So keep that in mind, but if you're... Instructed properly, you should have a good experience in buying a first weapon. And I know right now there's going to be a lot of people out there doing this. Ideally, go to a gun store that has a big selection so you can get your hands on a lot of different things because that's what it's going to take. It's like when you shop for a car. You may look online at everything, decide this has every feature I want. Then you may go look at it and sit in the car, and the seat may be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever had. And you realize, features or not, this is not the car for me. Same thing with the guns. You need to get your hands on them before you can decide. Unless you already have some experience or know you can fit or handle that particular weapon properly and it fits you well, try not to buy anything sight unseen. Even if it's something comparable, someone's friend has something comparable, look at that first, see how it fits, see how it works, and get the training you need. And when you buy the weapon, here's one thing to make sure. Make sure your driver's license is current or your passport is current because you're going to need ID that is current and accurate. Make sure the address matches what your address is. Because when you fill out your 4473 form, you're going to have to have an address. You're going to have to have a birthplace, birth date. 
All those are going to be needed. So make sure your ID is up to date or you will not go home with anything. And make sure you're ready for this. If this is something you've, you know, just decided recently to do, do a lot of research before you make the jump and take your time. Ideally, go shoot some guns first. Go shoot some firearms first. See what you like. See what you think you need or get advice from somebody who has a lot more experience than you. You should do that no matter what you purchase, whether it's a car, a house, a gun, you know, even a bicycle, whatever. Do the research. Ask people who know better than you if you know anybody. First thing to do, get the information. Be an educated buyer when you're buying a weapon. Buy something that's going to be efficient. Buy something that's going to be reasonably priced. Buy something that's going to be fairly common. I know this sounds weird because a lot of people want unusual things. But with commonality comes accessibility of holsters, accessories. Magazines can be had at reasonable prices. A common caliber is always a good thing. If you're going to buy some really oddball caliper, caliber, you want to be careful with that because sometimes ammo is hard to find or parts for it are hard to find. Like I remember one, there's a Desert Eagle. Big, huge semi-automatic weapon that fires rimmed cartridges, usually 44 Magnum. They also made it in 357 and uh, 50 caliber. They also made it in a 41 Magnum. It's a pretty rare gun because nobody really, the 41 Magnum never really took off because it was such a tiny difference between that and the 44 that it didn't really serve much purpose except to add complications to things and make things more difficult. So be careful. If you're buying a weapon, buy a common caliber. Buy something that you'd be able to get ammo for in the future. Buy something that you can uh, buy ammo for at a reasonable price. If you buy something weird that's custom-made or difficult to find, you're going to pay a lot more for ammo. You're not going to shoot it as much, and it's going to be much more difficult to be an owner of that particular weapon. And, you know, there are people who can tell you this stuff. Now, there are guys, though, who have unusual things, and they'll try and push you in that direction. Be wary of that. And, you know, if you have to... Most gun stores will have people who are very helpful. They will talk to you. They will ask you a lot of questions. The best salesman is going to ask you more questions than you can imagine trying to fit you, trying to find what your needs are, and decide what you're going to use it for. Is it going to be something that's going to sit in the corner for shooting squirrels in the backyard, or is this going to be something that you're going to end up strapping on when the stuff hits the fan and you need to protect your family? Is this going to be your first responder Weapon Is this going to be the first thing you go to if someone's breaking into your house or if law and order break down in your neighborhood? Is this the thing you're going to use or is this something, like I said, you're going to use to shoot squirrels in the backyard or something you're going to use to train your 10-year-old how to shoot a rifle with a 22? You know, every gun has a different purpose, just like different cars. If you're working construction and you have to carry a lot of stuff, you're probably not going to buy a little four-door sedan or a two-door car with a small trunk. You're going to buy a truck or an SUV, something more suited to what you need it to do. Same thing with a gun. Buy something that's suited for what you need it to do. <clears throat> and if you decide to get into it and get more into it, then you'll need multiple guns, which is always a good thing. You know, the more the merrier. And there are certain things People will always try and tell you, oh, you should get this for home defense. You should get this for home defense. And everyone's got their own opinion. And I'm going to give you mine now because I have the microphone and I'll give you my opinion. (laughs) But first weapon for self-defense should be a handgun, hands down. A lot of people argue with that and say, oh, you should get a shotgun for self-defense. I go, that's fine if it never leaves the house and you know how to use it. 
also a shotgun is much more likely to be harder to, to control if you've never shot or you don't shoot very often. Yes, is it effective? Sure. But it's also much more destructive when it's not effective. When you miss, that shotgun blast is going to be much more destructive than if you're holding a handgun. Also, a handgun gives you more maneuverability if you're defending yourself inside your house. If you're outside your house, again, a handgun gives you that maneuverability, usually a high capacity, and enables you to do the job more effectively. If you have people in your house that you had to, if you had to get people out of your house, With a handgun, it's easy to holster, it's easy to have it accessible, and still have your hands free to help, you know, guide kids or wives or whoever out of the house or into a safe area while your handgun still rests on your side. With a shotgun, it's got to be with a sling, and it's a lot harder to get it into action if you were to need it. So that would be my choice for a first, first line of defense in a home situation would be a handgun. And I would suggest something, I guess, uh, kind of middle of the road. You want something, if you want a semi-automatic, they're great. They have a good capacity, but you have to take the time to learn how to use it. They are more complicated. They have more controls on them, more things to go wrong or things to go right. So you have to learn how to use it. With a revolver, you drop the bullets in, you pull the trigger, that's pretty much it. With semi-automatic, you have to load the magazine first, put the magazine in the gun, then rack the slide to charge the chamber so you have it ready to shoot. Now, when you reload with a semi-automatic, much faster because you just dump the old magazine, put a new one in, and you are ready to go. With a revolver, you have to pull the cylinder out, dump the old shells out, put the new shells in, and close it back up. And under an adrenaline situation, that can be tougher to do. But ideally, you'll never need more than the six, seven, or eight shots that most revolvers have. While with semi-automatics... Easily 15 to 20 rounds in a standard capacity magazine. Notice I didn't say high capacity magazine because the high capacity just means standard capacity in most cases. Again, another media created bunch of bull squeeze to make you think that these magazines are more dangerous because they hold more ammo. Yes. Are they heavier when they're loaded? Sure. Does it make the gun more accurate or shoot faster? Nope. Not even a little bit. So don't believe the media. They're going to lie to you every time. And apparently they're still lying. They got everything uh, covered up right now with our president, our commander in chief, who eats ice cream without getting brain freeze. That's who we got telling us what to do. And where was I have a story here? Oh, here it is. Let's pull this out. Biden calls for more gun control after the nightclub shooting. Now, keep in mind, Biden was one of the. I guess the uh, leaders in getting the crime bill passed in 1994. And did it lower crime? Nope. Is the crime statistics or the lowering of crime did not change at all from five years before that to five years after it when it was repealed. Did not make any difference in crime whatsoever. So keep that in mind. And, of course, he's going to take this an opportunity. Here he said, we need to enact an assault right, assault weapons ban. Now he's even being more vague. He's not saying assault rifle. He's saying assault weapons. Now, I don't know how they determine which weapons are assault weapons and which ones are not. If you use it to commit an assault, then it is an assault weapon. If you use a pair of barbecue tongs to commit assault, that becomes an assault weapon. So... Assault is an action. It's not, shouldn't be a descriptor. 
So keep that in mind. But yeah, five people were killed, 18 more injured in the tragic shooting. And he did have a long rifle, which from what I've been reading was a military style rifle, probably an AR-15, if I'm not mistaken. That's probably the most common semi-automatic military style, style rifle that there is. So keep that in mind. And, uh, and once this happened, of course, Biden is calling for the assault weapons ban in a shooting that actually used an AR-15. So this is actually more accurate than most of his other crap he's been spilling off about, you know, assault weapons, because he doesn't know what the term means. The term assault weapon is used to describe a military weapon which has select fire capability. The standard AR-15s do not have select fire capability. They're the same as any other semi-automatic rifle on the market. They just seem to have features that scare people who don't know any better. So you have a pistol grip on your gun. That does not make it any more deadly, any more dangerous, any more accurate necessarily than a gun that does not have one. So they're, they're, they're calling racing stripes, you know, weapons of mass destruction basically. So if you have racing stripes on your car, you put a set of wheels on your car, it's a race car now. They're trying to define these weapons completely inaccurately. But you know, it's, it's funny because I, I think from what I read, the weapons were purchased legally, although he had had some complaints in the past, and there was some issues as to whether red flag laws would have caught, caught him or not. Now, I'm not a huge fan of most red flag laws, but if you're getting a background check, they need to be accurate and they need to be up to date. So that would be something... Oh, wait. Oh, he was arrested in June 2021 for a bomb threat that turned into a police standoff. Now, how was this guy able to get a gun? That I don't know. (sighs) But this is just, I mean, somehow law enforcement failed. Background check failed. So, yeah. Do you want more background checks? Sure. Of course you do. But if it fails... Don't blame it on the gun. The system may have failed. It may have been bypassed. There may have been a loophole to get him through it to be able to buy his weapon legally. But that is not the fault of the weapon. The weapon did nothing on its own. I guarantee you that. But we have to get the people who are going to cause the crimes. Look for the people. That's the that's the issue. But if you need to get... But because of all this going on, he's calling for this assault rifle ban, which, of course... Every other time in history he has done this or any other president has done this or any time there's been a shooting and there's a possible threat of an assault rifle ban, the price of all guns goes up substantially, at least temporarily, sometimes more than others. So be prepared for higher prices on some things. Even though the supply is pretty high right now, if people panic buy It's going to cause the prices to skyrocket. So if you're not really looking to purchase anything right now, I would wait until this settles down or goes away because there was a Gallup poll put out that said most people do not believe gun control is the answer to violence. Now, that to me was amazing because that's exactly that's exactly accurate. That is entirely true. An armed society is a polite society when people who know how to use weapons, carry them and protect themselves, their families and their friends and neighborhoods with the guns that they are trained to use. Everybody is safer for it. So with the new Gallup poll, Gallup poll out, it shows that most people do not want stricter gun laws. They don't think it's going to help and they don't think passing more laws is going to make any difference, which is great news. 
because politicians love to see the results of polls. And with polls like this coming out and the results going that way, that's going to be awesome. That's going to stifle this possible assault rifle ban if they even get to it. And I can't believe they're going to push for this during an election year because there are so many people out there who realize if you're a legal gun owner, if you've passed your background check, if you if you are a moral person who just wants to have one to protect your family, your property, yourself, you should be able to do so because you're not a politician who has one assigned to you, provided all the latest, greatest weapons that you can't even purchase. You don't get to get that kind of protection. But as of now, you can purchase a weapon to protect yourself and your family, your friends, your property. And with more and more law enforcement walking away from the from the occupation because they don't feel the community support them anymore, this will become more and more crucial to be able to defend yourself. Realize when you call 911, yeah, they may put you on hold. They may not get there for a while. Because they have other people they have to deal with, too. Your family is your most important thing. You should be able to help protect them. Don't rely on somebody else to do it. Do it yourself. Be your own first responder. And not just with a gun. Make sure you have first aid. Because what if something does happen and you can't get to an ambulance or an ambulance can't get to you soon enough? What's going to happen? You're going to have a, you're going to have an issue. You're going to have to stand your ground. And in some states, you have to leave your house if some criminal tries to threaten you. <laughs> Let's hope you don't live in one of those states. Because in my state, you can stand your ground, especially in your own home, and defend yourself and your family and your property. No question about it. So don't be there. And and it's funny because people will say, oh, that means you value your stuff more than you value someone's life. Well, apparently, someone coming to rob me values my stuff more than they value their their own life. So I'm more than willing to show them that that's the case. You come in here trying to steal or damage or hurt friends and family, that you will be met with extreme prejudice and a lot of resistance. Because I believe heartily in the expression, when you train, train to be hard to kill. You know, Roger, I'd like to throw out that... Uh your description of the gun owner and my description of the gun owner uh, matches how I feel about veterans. They're well-trained. They're also, you were talking about first aid. Right. You know, you don't get through the Army without a number of first aid courses. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if if I know that my neighborhood is not filled with veterans, and many neighborhoods aren't. But if if you know your neighbors, you ought to ask them, were you in the military? And find out, and if they say yes, then look to them to take care of your neighborhood. And I don't know whether you have an AOH or whatever, uh, but... It's a good thing to know who you can trust, who you can go to, and who can help you. Right. There's strength in numbers. Exactly. And so. uh, know your neighbors. Yep. And that's something that too many people don't do these days. Just, just think about this for a minute. In the old days, you wanted to talk to your neighbor. You walked next door. You knocked on the door. <coughs> Could you imagine today someone knocks on your door without calling first? <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's true because with the advent of the cell phones, 
It's so easy to contact any individual if you have their number or, you know, let them know you're, you're coming. Even friends calling friends, you know, they usually just won't show up unexpectedly. Now sometimes if it's people you know and they make a habit of that, that's something you can expect. But most neighbors, they need to get together. They need to have block parties. They need to have, you know, cookouts. They need to have an opportunity for neighbors to meet each other. I, I couldn't say it and better and I couldn't agree with you more because like you said, there's the numbers count. Right. And, uh, if you, if, you know, if you know that your next door neighbor has been, maybe he's a retired cop, maybe he's a retired EMT, maybe he's a retired whatever. Maybe he's a bedwetting liberal. Maybe he's a bedwetting. <laughs> <laughs> then you really don't want to run to, you want to run the other way. Then you gotta be careful who you talk to also. Make sure yeah. you understand how they feel on issues before you get into politics with the neighbor. But, you know, it's, uh, and quite honestly, um, I've been in the same home for quite some time now and I don't know my neighbors. In fact, we've had a number of situations of moving in and moving out. Oh, okay. And, uh, so they, they're changing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I realize the importance of it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take that much. And we're going into the winter months where you definitely won't meet them out by the mailbox. No, as uh, often, no. We're outside, you know, at the, if you have a pool or anything or outside yeah. skating or biking with your kids, you're not going to run into people doing that in the dead of winter. Yeah. Well, so. But take the effort, make the effort, and introduce yourself and let them know who and what you are or what you were. And, uh, you know, if you need my help, you can call on me. Right. That's that's important to have neighbors who know each other. Now, I used to know both my neighbors. I do know them now. I used to be really good friends with one of my neighbors. He has since moved, but I've met the new neighbors who moved in. I know the neighbors on the other side. And our neighborhood, when the old neighbor was there, he used to promote block parties all the time. They'd get people. They'd bring a grill down there. You bring a pack of hot dogs. You bring a pack of hamburgers. You bring something. Throw it on there. Cook everything up. Let everybody eat. Everybody brings side dishes and desserts. And everybody gets to talk and meet everybody. So then when you see somebody walking around the neighborhood or jogging or whatever, driving in their car, you wave to them. You know who they are. And they know who you are. And that's one thing. I went to a uh, police meeting, a neighborhood police meeting, where they had an officer come by give us some tips and stuff on how to stay safe and uh, what to do in case of this or that or the other. And he said, when you're driving around your neighborhood, make eye contact with everybody. Even if it's someone you don't know, make eye contact. Because then if it's someone up to no good, they're going to avoid it and they're not going to want you to see them. But if you make eye contact with them, you'll be able to identify them later, later if they show you who that is. Oh, yeah, I saw that guy walking around. You know, make eye contact, make a wave to everybody you see in the neighborhood because you never know. It's either your neighbor or it's somebody who's up to no good. If it's someone who's up to no good, he's going to be more hesitant now because he knows you looked right at him and you can identify him. So, good point. Yeah, Very good point. That's something they mentioned, and I was like, well, that's and if pretty you see, good. If you see something out of the ordinary, call the homeowner or call the police. Yeah, or ideally, if you really want to do that, set up a social media page for your neighborhood. 
Invite everybody to join it, and if they see something or hear something happening, they can post it on there, and everybody will be immediately alerted to it. Whether it's just, you know, you know, there's somebody's burning trash in their backyard because lightning struck their, their backyard and there's stuff burning back there. If you hear gunshots, you know, post it up there, say, hey, did anybody else hear that? Anybody know what's going on? Now, don't say you hear gunshots on the 4th of July because that's probably not the case. Now, this is not a forum to be whining about all your neighbors either. It's a forum to be informed. You want to get information out there. Or this would be a good way if you get everybody together on a social media page or an email tree or something like that to be able to inspire people to have a block party or have a a game night or a meeting or something where everybody in the neighborhood can get together and get to know each other. Because to me, this is the first neighborhood I've been in. Well, I've been there for over 15 years, but still, where they actually take the time to get to know everybody and they have meetings and things and they have cookouts, they have events to bring people together. You know, one guy brings his cornhole boards out there, they bring a grill out there, they bring tables, everybody sets everything up and everybody gets to know each other, which is great because then you see somebody who you don't know, they're going to garner more attention than someone you do know. And when a criminal sees you look at them and help knows you can identify them later, that is going to be a deterrent. Will it be enough to stop them? Maybe, maybe not, but it'll certainly be a deterrent. A strange car <laughs> doing strange things. Yeah, that that happens too. Now there was uh, it was actually an incident in my neighborhood where a car had pulled into a driveway and was sitting there. And the homeowner looked outside and was wondering, who is, I don't know this person. They're sitting in my driveway. The car's just idling. So they sent out a little note through the email tree, and a few people were saying, oh, I don't know who that is. Turns out they were in the wrong driveway waiting for somebody's kids to come out. But the fact that they were in the wrong driveway, they got identified immediately as someone who wasn't supposed to be where they were. You know, so that's, that's the way it should work. Right. But then they went out, you know, somebody I think went up and talked to them. And they said, oh, we're waiting for so-and-so. Oh, they live over there. Oh, okay, we got the addresses mixed up. Let's go fix that. And they solved it. They solved the mystery. It wasn't anything, you know, there was no malice or no bad intent there, just somebody at the wrong driveway trying to find some find a friend. So, And they were kids. I think they were high school kids looking for their buddy, and they pulled into the wrong house. But, you know, the fact that there was suspicion right away because they weren't supposed to be there. They figured it out, they redirected them, and now everybody knew, okay, they were in the wrong spot. But if it happens to you, someone pulls up your driveway and you're not expecting somebody, that's going to be some reason to at least be cautious. And I'm not saying run out of the house guns blazing, but... <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, another thing that's helped immensely, in my opinion, is the ring doorbell. Right. And the cameras that we have, everybody has a camera or should. Right, and, they're cheap uh, enough now. Yeah, and you can go online, you can uh, pull it out of the cloud and so forth and so on. But, you know, you keep saying this, and and I agree with you a thousand percent. You are your best first responder. You should be, absolutely. And uh, you can't count on, and you can't expect the police to be in your neighborhood with a camera taking pictures of everybody. No, but now with the availability of cameras and the inexpensive pricing on most of them, there's no excuse not to have at least one on your property. You can buy a uh, a camera that screws into a light bulb socket that is controlled over your phone, and they run less than 30 bucks. 
So there's no reason not to have at least one of those somewhere in your house where you can look around your yard if you had to. And you can have them indoors or outdoors. Right, exactly. Ideally, you want to see somebody outdoors before they make their way indoors. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Er, locked and Loaded. Yes. Mr. Rogers. Mr. B. Mr. B. Uh, it's time to... Uh, Oh, time. like a leaf and fall. Time to, time to call it a day. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure talking to everybody today. And if you guys have any questions or subjects you'd like to hear me discuss, Roger at AmericasWebRadio.com. And we'll be back next week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.